Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and we are doing an entire week on men and women. And, you know, it actually might go into next week because this is quite a big, um, a large amount of information. And there's a lot to it, but it's really helpful when you understand the differences between men and women and know that this was God's design. He did it on purpose. He likes it. He's fascinated by it. And that we're really to respect gender. It doesn't ever mean it gives license to be a jerk or to be nasty and snotty. It means that if I really understand the opposite sex, then I, I'm better at, at interpreting what's going on. I'm better at connecting with them. I'm much better at not offending and not being so easily offended and disappointed. And I know the difference between gender and dysfunction And I'm going to accept and rejoice in gender differences. And we're going to change dysfunction. So we left off yesterday talking about just the hardwiring of the brain. And a male brain has more gray matter, which is a systematizing way of looking at the world and doing life. And a woman's brain has more white matter, which is high connection. It's an empathizing tendency. So what we see is that there's this difference between mechanism is about figuring things out like physics. Mentalism, which is what women do, is about understanding, which is like psychology. And so when we look at the different forces or energy, um, you might like the book. It's a very old book. It was very revolutionary when it came out. It's uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And uh, Dr. John Gray is one of the individuals that first discovered some of this, understood it, wrote about it. So what we have with men and women is different energy forces. Men have what we call centripetal. This is pulling things into their world. It's a force that tends to pull a thing inward. It's a restraining force, a pulling back. It holds things together through being very contractive and men generally, men generally want to move toward a center point. So in a relationship, he tends to hold himself together and is less likely to lose himself in the relationship. It's easier for him to be self-centered. It's easier for him to be inconsiderate of others without even knowing it. And this is not because he's mean. This is one of the ways that men survive. This is one of the ways that they protect the world that that they belong to, that they live in. This is how they protect the things that are of value to them. And so centripetal, this force, is reducing information down to what's most important to him. So he kicks out a whole bunch of information that has nothing to do with him. And many times if you're 
with a man, you might be saying, how did you miss that? How did you not see that? How do you not remember that? And a lot of that has to do with his brain automatically, very efficiently, reduces information down to what actually is important to him, what matters to him, what affects him. And this is one of the ways he succeeds out in the world. This is how he takes the world on. That brain, that centripetal force, doesn't necessarily pick up on a lot of subtleness. And women can oftentimes feel like we're not being subtle and they're still not getting it. And so it's uncomfortable many times for women because they feel like they have to be a lot more assertive or a lot more what feels aggressive or mean or impolite because they have a harder time getting to a point. So they kind of work their way around the point, hoping that maybe you get the point. Men also, that this, this idea of keeping information out, we talked a little bit about this yesterday when I gave the example of a man's brain is hardwired to keep out any information that has nothing to do with what he's doing. This is why men are good hunters. This is why they're good providers, they're good warriors. This is why in many of the military and, and police in service, this is why they are very good at not being distracted. This is why men can, can hunt. They can sit and wait and wait and wait and not even talk to each other. And in fact, if you've ever hunted with a man and he's really serious about hunting, if you start chatting, because you're getting bored as a woman, he's going to be like, can you please stop? I'm concentrating. I'm thinking, right? So they keep information out. This centripetal force is also like a switch. It's either danger or pleasure. It's happy or sad. Versus women are doing four or five feelings at one time. Men are doing one. So... They're either focusing on the fact there's danger present or they're relaxed because they feel pleasure. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm going to, this is the best example I have of this idea of keeping information out. Um, and I say this to my married couples. I say, you know, here's, here's what happens with men and women. They're having sex. The woman hears a, a creak in, in the hallway or a little door open. They think, oh, that's the six-year-old. So she's trying to get your attention, saying, honey, 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 honey. But this man is highly concentrated on what he's doing. He keeps all that information out. And a woman can't help but be distracted. This is what makes women really good with children under the age of six. We tolerate better noise that doesn't make sense, which is crying or fussing or whining. We have a, an ability to kind of hang in there better with it. Men want to solve the problem and make it stop. So it's a little different when you think about this keeping information out and not being able to keep information out. So this, the, the other thing that happens with men, because they have centripetal energy, which means they reduce it down to a center point and they are the center point, the information and our experience is always going to be perceived as, how does this affect me? What does this have to do with me? And if you've heard the show I've done on the Sunday show, The Wedding in Cana, it was, it was amazing when I looked at Jesus as being also a mortal man. 
He really is a man. And one of the best examples of this is the wedding in Cana, when his mother comes to him because she knows he can solve the problem, and she says, Jesus, they're running out of wine, and it's only the third day. They're running out of wine. And Jesus looks at her and says, what does that have to do with me? Exactly like every other man would answer. And so she has to say, well, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. But as a woman, she's worried about the bride, the bride's family, how it's going to look to the rest of the, the um, all the guests that are there. It's going to embarrass the, the family and the bride and the groom. And so she's wanting to help. She can't keep that information out. She can't just compartmentalize it and just go, well, oh, well. I guess the wedding's not going to go as well as I thought. Because men are better able to say, that, what does that have to do with me? So when women are able to say, well, probably not a whole lot except that. I want you to be a good man and help with this problem, even though it's not yours and you didn't create it. So we make it important to them. That's how we be more direct. That's how we enter into their world and explain and say, instead of being offended, like, gosh, that's not very nice. Or getting our feelings hurt. Wow, he's just a jerk, right? That we're better able to recognize, well, of course that's what he would respond. That's what his brain does for him. So women, on the other hand, have centrifugal. And what centrifugal force means is that they expand. They're always expanding their world. And the center-seeking is a much different process. They have centers in many different places. They don't just have one center as men do. So women, th this tendency is to be, pu it's pulling things outward. That's what centri centrifugal force does. It's an expansive force. So a woman's awareness is always moving out of her center. Her fundamental nature is to move out of herself and connect with others. So in relationships, it's easy for her to become very overwhelmed by the needs of others because she can't keep that information out. And she empathizes with what is going on. So when a woman falls in love, it's easy for her to forget herself completely. And if you think back on dating um, any of the boyfriends or girlfriends, you think back on um, getting married, what happens with women is they can feel that pull of a man, that they're getting pulled into his world. We don't pull him into our world. See, we create a new center when we fall in love. This is why women are so able to nurture, and they're so able to multitask. So what happens with women is they have a difficulty compartmentalizing. This is why they get so easily overwhelmed. Whereas for men, they just say, you don't need to get so worked up about it. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's not your problem. And that is much easier said than done for women. Because we have a difficult time compartmentalizing as well as prioritizing. And we're feeling like every need is important. Our brains have a tendency to ruminate because we don't compartmentalize. We can't get away from our thoughts. So we're always being invaded by thoughts. And new thoughts are being generated by the thoughts that we're having. 
And that rumination piece has a tendency to lead women to be more sensitive. Sometimes that can lead to some more depression because we can't get away from the thought or the emotion. So women are taking in all the information. They can't keep it out. It's like pop-ups on your computer. And again, it's the same thing when, when, when um, husbands and wives, they're having sex, and all of a sudden the woman says, oh my gosh, I forgot to call so-and-so. And the man is like, how are you thinking that? Right? But women can't help that. They have to constantly redirect their attention because they have pop-ups all the time in their brain. So they have difficulty ignoring information. They can't just let a child cry. It's very painful for a woman to do that, even if maybe that's the right thing to do. An information or experience, whereas a man says, how does this affect me? A woman's, the way she does information and experiences says, how does this affect them? So we're always moving outward. Men are always moving inward. You want to understand that we can do this in a very functional manner or we can do it very dysfunctionally. But either way, this is the way that God made these two creatures. It isn't something that we can go in and change. So women are quote-unquote being and men quote-unquote are doing. So when we look at greatest needs, Understanding this centrifugal and centripetal force. Men are moving inward toward their center. Women are moving outward. When we look at greatest needs, and I have to tell you, this is one of the most fascinating and revolutionizing uh, things that I have done with my practice. When I started seeing married uh, couples or couples or doing premarital, any of these types of things, partners, when I addressed gender first before I address dysfunction it was amazing how quickly many things cleared up so that the dysfunction wasn't nearly as prolific as it seemed the not understanding gender not understanding the needs that men and women have created even more dysfunction and so when people begin to understand one another differently and not take it so personally and, and be more fascinated and observant, they had a lot more resiliency, a lot more patience, and they enjoyed that person so much more. So we're going to spend a little bit of time on greatest needs. So for a man, there's four greatest needs. For a woman, there's four greatest needs. For men, it's respect, success, they need to have adventure and challenge, and they love beauty. They want to have beauty around them. It softens their world. Let's look at, let's look at what respect means. Now, I, I need you to understand, when we're looking at this, this does not mean that there are not men that are very sensitive and that are maybe more intuitive than other men. It's all, it's all on a continuum but they still have a male brain. So when we look at respect, this is going to be interesting because women perceive respect very differently than men do. And one of the greatest ways 
that women can disrespect men is in how they express their emotions and how they communicate. One of the things I do with, with women frequently that really revolutionizes their relationship is I talk to them about their tone of voice, their body language, the rate of speech, their tendency to want to interject, to add more information repeatedly, to roll their eyes, to huff and puff, to do these kinds of things, you know, like, tss, whatever. These things incite men in a way that you would never even imagine. And when I'm coaching women on interacting with men, one of the things that I will say to them is, you want to make sure that you have, if you need to talk to them about something, that you've gotten as much of the emotion as possible out so that they don't get so overwhelmed visually and, and um, atmospherically by all of your emotion they can't hear the words. And they will feel that they need to defend themselves from you. And I always am saying to women, as soon as that man feels he needs to defend himself from you, he cannot defend you anymore. One of the ways to keep men hanging in there when there's high emotionality is I always coach them and say, just don't look at them in the face when you're talking. So look to the side, say all those highly emotional things. You can even have emotion as long as you don't look at them in the face. Because for men, that's a direct challenge. And inevitably, they will say to you, well, why are you mad at me? And I've had this happen with my husband, and it's fascinating. And I've, I had to say to him, I didn't even mention your name in any of that. It had nothing to do with you. I'm mad at so-and-so. But because of the way I was doing that communication of my anger toward this other person, he couldn't keep that anger, that information out. And so he finally thought I was attacking him, like he was the problem. He was supposed to be doing something, and I wasn't letting him know what he could do to fix the problem. So when we're talking to men and we're understanding that respect is a huge issue, and I'm not saying, and I say to this to women, this doesn't mean I respect everything they do. But this means, like with the horse, right? I respect that about a horse. I respect that a cobra is dangerous. I respect that I don't pet the cat backwards. When I understand that breed, it's not me putting myself in a one-down position. It's the same thing I do. I respect a handgun. I respect the car and, and the rate of speed that it's going. It doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't mean I like everything. But I do want you to understand when I use that word respect, I'm not necessarily saying it admiration. See, I can have respect for somebody because I really admire them. And I can also just simply respect the gender and what I know that creature does so that I get a better version of that man. So respecting is a really, really big deal because when I respect my husband and the way he is made, he can stay relaxed. He's much better able to meet my needs. He's much more sen uh, sensitive to me, much more sympathetic. He can hang in there longer because the second greatest need is success. Men live for the points. They live for the points. 
They want to win the game. They want to be successful. What happens with men is if they are not successful enough with you, they stop trying because they can't stand the failure. That they're never meeting the mark. They're never being who you need them to be. They're never being okay with you. They're walking away every single time saying, I fumbled. I dropped the ball. I missed the entire thing. I lost the game. So it's imperative that as we respect them, they also then begin to feel successful with us. The more successful they feel with us, the more they want to do for us. Men like to serve women if they think they're succeeding. If they think they're your hero, they will go to the ends of the earth for you. They will lay their life down for you. They will take a bullet for you every time. Because this is how God made them. They have such a high desire to succeed. This is why when men fail on their job, they lose their business. Their, their wife, their girlfriend walks out on them. I'm far more worried about these men than I am when this happens to women because I know that women will always have a circle of friends. They'll have a huge support system that is going to help them that they don't feel embarrassed going to. Men, on the other hand, become very embarrassed about the failure. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tell their friends about it. They don't want to look any more vulnerable than they already are. When I have um, partners and, and marriages, boyfriends, girlfriends in my office, and, and let's say this, uh, the gentleman comes to my office and I can see on the look on his face that things are not good. And he very embarrassingly says, well, she left me. She left me. Or he'll say, she kicked me out. Well, the man that gets kicked out of his house, I know is going to go sleep in his office or he'll sleep in his car. The thought of going and creating a home for himself is so disturbing and lonely and such a, uh, an evidence of failure that it's a much different process. Now, this does not mean, please hear me when I say this, this does not mean that women aren't devastated. They are in their own way. They usually have better support. So we have, we're talking about men's greatest needs. We've got four we're going to talk about. We talked about two of them, respect and success. We're going to come back tomorrow and pick up on the next two which is their need for adventure and challenge and beauty. And I know that this is going to be very helpful if you will integrate any of this into your relationships with brothers, sons, your neighbors, your boss, employees, your husband, your boyfriend. You're going to be amazed at how this helps. And I want you to know that there is a book, a little mini book that I've written called Gender Speaks Thought, Word, and Deed. It's a very short book. It's all about what we're talking about today. It's very easy to read. It's $5, I think, on Amazon. And I would really recommend that you check out that book because it will revolutionize your relationship tremendously. So I'm so glad you joined me today. I want you to have a great rest of your day. And be encouraged. You really can have success. And you really can get your needs met by the opposite sex. So join me tomorrow as we talk more about men's greatest needs. Make sure you check out the website for all the shows we did last week on Dilemma of Change. Check out Amazon. 
and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Jeremy, for always helping. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.